This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here at 98.7 ESPN. And it's our final hour. What does that mean? Mike Tannenbaum joins us on the program. So uh, good morning. Good morning. Mike, welcome in. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Happy and healthy New Year. Hope uh, everyone had a safe and happy New Year. Yeah, happy uh, New I'm Year. not. I'm not too hungover. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> so Mike, what 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 game are you broadcasting? Where are you today? Uh, I'll be up in Bristol, but uh, they have me moving around a little bit. So a uh, little college football earlier in the weekend, and uh, but really excited for uh, what should be a great slate of games today and a huge game tomorrow night. Absolutely. All right. So let's dive into it. Uh, Matthias and I touched on a few of the hot topics earlier on the show, but let you know, and we might circle back on a few, but you know, um, probably the biggest news this week is the fact that uh, you've got a uh, Raiders team that are moving on from Carr, right? Uh, They're going with Stidham. And so a few things here. Number one, I, I know there's a relationship there with Stidham from the Patriots with Josh, um, maybe they want to see, like you know, what what he's got. But also, from what I understand, there's there's some money being played here, and some concern that if Derek Carr gets injured, they're going to be on the hook for you know, kind of break that down as an executive, as a front office, as a general manager. How would you handle this Derek Carr situation when it comes to the Raiders? Yep. So all all good points, Anita. So basically, the way it works, guys, is. He has injury guarantees, a little roughly over $40 million for 23 and 24. And if he can't pass the physical the third day after the Super Bowl, that money becomes guaranteed. So clearly he's not in their plans for next year. And what the Raiders are saying is we don't want to have to spend you know, another $40 million on a player that won't be here. So to make sure that doesn't happen, we're not going to play him in the last two games. So if, Matthias, if you're looking Matthias, at this from a, yeah, if, yeah I was gonna say if you're looking at this strictly from a financial perspective, then then what, like, what do you say to the players or what do you say to the fans when they see players who are holding out or players who are, you know, trying to maximize, you know, the the contract or the negotiation power that they have, you know, like a Lamar Jackson or anybody who's in that situation because this is the part of the contract and the 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 league that a lot of people kind of ignore you know he signed a contract he was expecting to make a certain amount of money and now because there's clauses in his contract that would escalate and cause the team to have to pay him the money that they promised him they're taking him off the field how do you how do you how do you rationalize that yeah kiwi that's part of the negotiations and you know that's what clearly you bring up a great one in lamar jackson you know deshaun watson got a $235 million fully guaranteed contract from the Browns. And in Deshaun Watson's contract, uh, even if they cut him, he gets that money. In Derek Carr's contract, he only gets that money if he gets hurt. So, you know, the difference between those two is, you know, just the leverage one had over the other. And that's why you're right. That's why you do see holdouts when players can maximize their leverage to give themselves the most protection possible. 
Um, and certainly that's what, you know, Deshaun Watson did. And I think what Lamar Jackson said is, look, I know exactly what I want. And until I get it, I'm not going to sign, you know, that extension. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So with that being said, guys, um, as you could only imagine, <laughs> uh, one of the hot topics, of course, here in New York is Derek Carr. He's going to be available. Uh, should should the Jets be interested? Should the Giants be interested? You know how I feel about Daniel Jones. I think that's a ridiculous question. But Mike, let's let's start with you. If if you're an executive with with either of the New York teams, are you at least making a call? Are are you inquiring about Derek Carr to come here to New York? Well, yeah, I don't think there's any question, guys. I think um, until Daniel Jones signs an extension with the Giants and or um, you know that gets resolved, you absolutely have to look into it. And from a Jet perspective, I think you got to look into everything, be it it could be Derek Carr, it could be Jimmy Garoppolo uh, trying to re-sign Mike White. I don't think there's any way you can look at what's happened this year, guys, and say, hey, Zach Wilson, you're a quarterback in 2023 unconditionally. So I fully expect the Jets to be you know, really aggressive and really you know, turn over every single rock and possibility you know, to add another quarterback. What is your perspective on Derek Carr's game independently, not just in terms of whether he should be considered for one of these New York football clubs, but you know when you watch him week in and week out, um, given everything that he's been through over the last couple of years, given the way that his teammates have responded to his benching, you know, in the positive, and um, obviously knowing that it's a financial situation that's sitting him down, where do you think he ranks on the, on the quarterbacks that are going to be available? Yeah, you know, he, it's. I think it's a complicated one, to be candid, because like everyone else, I've just been so impressed by how he's handled so many tough situations going back last year with from his head coach to the Ruggs situation. Like, his leadership has been outstanding. And with that said, he's turned the ball over a ton this year. Um, I certainly think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet. Um, and sometimes, as you know, like, quarterbacks need a fresh start so you know we'll see how this goes but um you know if i'm the jets like the other thing that Derek carr does is he tamps down the noise in terms of what's happened at the quarterback position and candidly if i'm the jets you know it's amazing we're going to week 17 you know there's real positives and improvements in some areas but when you're playing four quarterbacks at the nfl level you know from strebler to flacco to wilson to white like that's really like destabilizing for your franchise so if it's Derek Carr if it's Jimmy Garoppolo you know whatever that alternative could be next year guys like I just think it's so important for them to get a guy that can hopefully start the whole season and bring some stability to that position um again you're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN it will be interesting to see what happens with Derek Carr in this offseason where does he land does he come here to New York could it possibly be with the Jets uh, and I'm sure that'll be a hot storyline and a top storyline uh, throughout the uh, the the off season. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. Uh, reports on uh, on Friday is that uh, he is not going to start this week. It's going to be another Huntley. Just out of curiosity, guys, do you feel that the fact that Lamar Jackson has not been able to play and we've and how we've seen this Ravens team struggle and their offense just become so anemic without him that this is actually at the end of the day is benefiting him and and now we're we, the value that we were we are seeing in what he means to that Ravens offense is bar none Mike I I don't I don't think so I think you know you want to play you want to compete um you know look they're they're still in a in a really tough race to get the uh 
win the division. You know, you want that home playoff game, and you know they're slugging it out there with Cincinnati. And if you're Lamar Jackson, you want to be out there each and every second you can with your teammates. And I'm sure as a competitor, him not playing has to bother him. Yeah, I, I agree that it, it probably bothers him, but it, this is also a best case scenario for for him as you know, an individual, as a leader of that team, and as somebody who we can all agree is has been playing at a very high level for a long time. And then now, in the you know, in the shadow of the Derek Carr situation and the reason for him being benched, I mean, to me, it just makes full sense you know you have to maximize your potential during the um during that time period that you have it so um i know as a competitor yes it does sting it does hurt you hate having to 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 negotiate or or do these things but i think we got to go a little easier on these guys who are doing this because of the other side of the ball you know the other side of the coin it's gonna could be taken away from him at any moment so why not try to get the guarantee Guys, let's take a look at what's happening in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett, wow, that was short-lived. Um, and uh, and just what an embarrassing loss they just suffered. And, and of course, uh, then he was immediately fired. Um, and now some big question marks about Russell Wilson. Uh, so, so, Mike, your thoughts. And here's what I find interesting as well is Condoleezza Rice apparently is now going to come in and, and, and help with the head coaching search for the Denver Broncos. Why don't you explain to our listeners out there how that works that, you know, this isn't, this is, this happens often, right? Like, like head um, uh, ownership groups, they hire a lot of executives to come in and, and, and help with uh, their, their hiring process. Kind of ex- explains how that, explain how that works, Mike. Well, you know, the searches I've been involved with, like, like I led them and you have owners involved. Um, obviously, you know, it's a very important decision. Uh, and sometimes there are other people that are going to sit in or wait. Um, and I believe Condoleezza Rice is, uh, has some ownership interest in the team. So it wouldn't be unusual for that person to sit in or be part of it. Um, it's always good to get some other people's perspective and, and hear their thoughts. And there's been, I, I read some rumors about, you know, her relationship with, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh going back to their Stanford days. And does that make, you know, Jim a, a more of a candidate? And and I would be surprised just looking at the comments that Coach Harbaugh had about how happy he is at Michigan. So, um, look, giving her incredible experience, her expertise, her education, uh, to get another pair of eyes and checks and balance and search certainly could hurt. And, and the bigger question I would have in Denver is, you know, you look at, first-time coaches that were hire in the cycle, specifically Mike McDaniel, Ryan Dayball, Kevin O'Connell, all on the offensive side of the ball, all were really good. And if I'm Greg Penner, the owner of the Broncos, I'm saying to myself, why did we pick Nathaniel Hackett over those three other guys? And I would really do a complete autopsy of what was our process like last year and how are we going to improve upon it? Well, wasn't wasn't the wasn't and 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 this could be wrong and, and this could have been just like a rumor that was out there that a big reason why they went after Nathaniel Hackett is because they thought that there was an opportunity for them to land Aaron Rodgers, right? Wasn't that kind of that? That's what my understanding was. No. Well, I mean, you, you never want to hire a coach for one reason for why the, what happened happened, which is you know Aaron Rodgers stayed with the Packers, so. That just wouldn't make sense to me. I, I would hope to think that's not why the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett because that's a very short-sighted sort of decision because a lot of things can happen in, in, in the player market. And, um, you know, you want to hire a guy to be your CEO and 
scale leadership and hire great people. And uh, to do it to acquire one player, I think you know Denver would have made a mistake in their process. You definitely don't want to admit to it if it doesn't go through. So we'll never know the truth in that one. Uh, last one before, and, and, and Matthias, this comes your way in regard to, you know, Nathaniel Hackett fired, but also some r- crazy reports out there in regard to Russell Wilson having his own office. And I will say this, okay, when um, I was in Baltimore, when the switch was made from Brian Billick to, to Harbaugh, and Harbaugh came in, Ray Lewis had two lockers, they were removed, he only had one, uh, he he. Tr- he strategically placed uh, Ray Lewis with the offensive lineman. He wanted to mix up the, the, the locker room where like the same position groups weren't, didn't have their same lockers. Um, he put cameras in the weight room. He would frequently invade quote unquote, the locker room. The, so, so the locker room wasn't like the player space um, night and day from Brian Billick night and day. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, what what but but what also what was communicated and what was coming out of the Ravens facility is that Ray Lewis was being treated like any other player, not mm-hmm. like not like a not, not like a gold jacket player, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. So with that being said, you know, it's based on what you've heard, okay, and 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 we have since in the last twenty four hours seen and, and heard a, a lot of Denver players come to Russell's, his teammates come to his. Um, defense in regard to what the narrative is out there right now. But what's your take mm-hmm. on, on all that's been reported in the last 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, I, I think there. It, it almost seemed to me during some point in the season that Russell Wilson had a, um, a regular PR firm trying to manage his image when he needed to just get back to the basics of playing football. He needed to get back to, to you know, being a man of the locker room and, and that whole thing. If he does have an extra office, all those things are fine. It's a joke when you're winning, but when you're losing, there's, there's an obvious time to, for everybody to humble themselves and everybody to, to get back to work and to grind. And if it takes a coach coming in and, and shaking it up and making sure that everybody is held accountable, that's, that's what has to happen. But in all honesty, as a player who's been in the locker room before, you know, if you're not winning, like you should be, you should be able to humble yourself. You should come to the team and be like, Hey, listen, like, like all this, all that, that, that foo-foo stuff is out the window. Let's get back to basics. Like, like how can I, how can I get better so that we can get better? Like, you know, like let's, let's work on it. Stay late, show up early, first car in, last car out, those kind of situations. So um, I don't have a problem with the two lockers. I think if you're playing the league for a decade or whatever, like you, you got more stuff, like you can have two lockers, but having an office or, or having all the extra things that were reported that stuff needs to go because it's it's just a distraction and it's not that it's going to really have an effect on his play but if you have other players in the locker room who are complaining about it then let it go for a year or two and 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 get back to basics be one of the guys and go out there and get some wins i always thought you know um scotty pippen right michael jordan retires scotty pippen gets the back bedroom on the team playing uh, and then all of a sudden Jordan decides to come out of retirement. Now Scotty's <laughs> got to sit, uh, you know, with uh, with you know the the pedestrians again. Uh, anyway, like it just it it happens, right? It it happens in professional sports. Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka, Mike Tannenbaum, Anita Marks. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. When we come back, we'll get Mike Tannenbaum's bomb of the week. Could it be for the third week in a row? Some type of Patriot bomb. I have a feeling it is. We'll find out when we get back next here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here at 98.7 ESPN. And that's right, you heard the sounder. It is time for Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. Mike, what is it? Uh, you asked for it. You got it. Let's go with the Patriots one more time here. <laughs> I knew uh, it. I knew Patriots it. New England Patriots 24, Miami Dolphins 21. So many great storylines from this game. Let's unpack it on both sides. First of all, New England has no healthy corner, so you would think that Miami should win big over you know um, New England. But Teddy Bridgewater is going to be playing. We know that two is out. Uh, New England, guys, I know you can make fun of me three weeks in a row, but <laughs> – the Raiders game, at a minimum, should have been to overtime. And they're six yards away from being Cincinnati. Six with a really good running back and a Ramondre Stevenson. So, I like the Patriots. I think they've been um, – it's been a bumpy year, but I like them at home. Oh, boy. Third week in a row. Mike's bomb of the week pertaining to That's the a Patriots. a long leash. Guys, we're going to do a deep dive into the playoff landscape because it's never been more evident, uh, obviously, than it is right now heading into Week 17. But before we do, you mentioned Tua not playing. Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the start. Tua dealing with another concussion. And, Matthias, let's go to you first and foremost. At some po- at one point in time, as, as a professional football, as a professional athlete, you feel like, like, wow, you know what? I've had one concussion too many. You have to start thinking about your life beyond football at at what point in time do you think that needs to happen for Tua I don't think that you can put that on the player for a lot of reasons one when you're in the game your adrenaline is such that you're not going to feel pain the same way that you normally would you're not going to understand whether or not you are concussed that's like asking somebody who's fall down drunk are they too drunk to drive what is the answer going to be they don't they're they're no in no position to make that call um on the on the other side of it um when you when you play, and especially like down in the trenches, when you play between the tackles, you know there are plays on, on there. There is at least a player on almost each and every play who could probably be diagnosed with some kind of con- concussion, and so you have to tread lightly when you start talking about okay, everybody needs to sit or, or what the protocol is because there's not a whole lot of definitive tests that can say okay, this is this level of concussion, this is this grade of concussion. But when you have somebody whose head is slammed to the ground and they're showing obvious physical symptoms of being concussed and you have to pull them out and i think at some point 
um, you know, it's going to have to be the ball is going to have to be taken from Tua, and he's going to have to understand that. You know, even after you know this long career or however long his career is, he still has a long life to live. And you know, you you get up in age and you get to talk to some of these veterans. I mean, that's that's one of the um, um, the regrets that they have because it's not just about being concussed. It's going back into the game after you suffer a concussion and having further damage done. That's what causes a lot of the long term injury. So he could save himself a lot of heartache and his family a lot of heartache and pain down the road if he would just sit up. Mike, um, as an executive, you know, you're let's say you're you're back with the Miami Dolphins. You're seeing that this is becoming a, a, a regular thing, unfortunately, when it comes to Tua. How concerned are you on a scale of one to ten? And do you start considering your plan B for a quarterback, considering that Tua suffers so many concussions? Yeah, you know, a couple of thoughts, Anita. First of all, like I thought what Q said was really, you know, on point and appropriate and, you know, very insightful. And I would just say, like, you know, from a club standpoint, like, you know, a player's health and safety is first and foremost, you know, you want what's best for them. You know, this has been a great sport for so many people, uh, so many ends of the spectrum, you know, from players, front office coaches, media. Um, but you want everyone to make a great transition to society whenever that day comes. And uh, hopefully it's a meaningful and fulfilling experience, both, you know, financially and, and otherwise. But, you know, you never want to do it to sacrifice someone's long-term health. And, you know, not everybody is created equal. Not everybody physiologically responds the same way. And um, when you have three concussions, you know, a couple of things come to mind. I need it. You know, first, you know, Look, I'm not an expert in it, but when you listen to the experts, you know, it is proven scientifically that there are your chances of a repeat concussion are higher when you've had, you know, more than one. And from a team standpoint, you have to think long and hard that, you know, assuming he comes back, you certainly you're going to want, you know, at least one, maybe two other guys that could go in there and, you know, compete and play at a high level. We're seeing it all over the league. I think we're up to like, 67 or 68 different quarterbacks that will have started at least one game. And remarkably, you know, we're going to be going to next weekend's games, like take Tennessee and Jacksonville. Josh Dobbs likely could be the starter in a huge game for Tennessee because Ryan Tannehill's out. Malik Willis is a young, intriguing player, but you know, he hasn't developed yet. And I think one thing that we've learned this year, guys, is like more than ever, depth at the quarterback position is just so hugely consequential. Um, I, I, I worry. Um, I'm concerned for him. Uh, hopefully everything will, uh, will, will end up okay with, uh, with Tua. Uh, guys, let's, let's look up, let's look big picture. Let's start with the AFC, where it stands right now. Buffalo, number one, Kansas City, two, Cincinnati, three. Uh, both Buffalo and Kansas City are 12 and three. That's the big Monday night game tomorrow night. That's going to be a good one. Cincinnati's in an 11 and four. Boy, they've been looking good. Any one of these three teams could get the number one seed in the AFC. Let's go around the room. Who do you think it'll be? Mike, let's start with you. Who do you think gets the number one seed in the AFC? Uh, you know, I think it's going to be Cincinnati. Look, I think any of those three teams could be in the Super Bowl, guys, and I don't think we'd be surprised. I think they're all really good teams with great quarterbacks and coaching. Um, but I think Cincinnati right now is just playing a little bit more complete. I was really disappointed, guys on how um, Buffalo's run defense played against Miami a couple weeks ago. That was very um, surprising and enlightening to me. And um, I think there's some vulnerabilities in this year's edition of the Buffalo Bills. 
I'm with you, Mike. I, I, I love the big cats. I'm all over Cincinnati. I think they win tomorrow night. Um, I, I think they get the number one uh, seed in the AFC. Kiwi, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either of them also. But, um, you, you know, it, it comes down to this is a point in the year where the playoffs, where experience does matter. You know, having having quarterbacks who have played at the high level does matter. And then being healthy matters. So I think um, I like Kansas City um, a lot. But, yeah, Cincinnati can't go wrong with either. Um, the number four seed, it's going to come down between Jacksonville and Tennessee. We saw Tennessee. They rested players on Thursday against Dallas. Um, so with that being said, I like Jacksonville to win this game. I think Jacksonville's really, really hot right now. Um, let's let's go back to you, Mike. Who, who do you have winning that game in Week 18, Jacksonville or Tennessee? Yeah, I'm with, yeah, I'm with you, Anita. Uh, hotter team, better quarterback. It's that simple. Um, Doug Peterson's really done a remarkable job and you know, six weeks ago this team was dead and uh it just shows you what coaching and confidence can do and uh belief in the system. And you know, the other thing, let's face it, what you need this time of year guys, you need a little luck. And Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill, who I've always been high on, and look, I'm not saying he's a leap, but boy, he's a very good, competent NFL starting quarterback. He gets hurt and Jacksonville's there to be able to take advantage of it and uh I think they're getting hot at the right time. Um, you've got Baltimore right now sitting at the five seed at ten and five. The Chargers sitting at the six seed at nine and six. Uh, the Ravens taking on Pittsburgh this week. The Chargers taking on the Rams. A little West Coast uh, rivalry happening there on the left coast. Miami is sitting at seven right now at eight and seven. I do have the Patriots winning. Mike has the Patriots winning. No disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater, but I think the Patriots win. They're playing in New England. Then you've got the Patriots White right behind them. The Jets, of course, we've been talking about it all show long. Mike White back under center, uh, really inserting a lot of excitement with that Jets team. The Steelers at seven and eight. The Tennessee Titans at seven and nine. Again, uh, that would that their them getting in would be dictated on them beating the Jacksonville Jaguars and then the Raiders at six and nine. Guys, in that number seven seed, I've got the Patriots. I'm with Mike. I know he's dropped that Patriot bomb. This is his third week. I think this is the week that it goes off. Um, Mike, are it's you in agreement hit. with me? Do you? I'm assuming you believe Patriots making into the postseason with a seven seed. Are you on that as well? Yeah, and here's why though. Like, I think this is really interesting. Um, this is so, like, to me, part of the fabric of this time of the year, which is. If Buffalo's seeding is locked in heading into next weekend, guys, there's no way they're going to play Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen's mm-hmm. been battling a elbow injury, and New England going up to play Buffalo without Josh Allen just feels a big difference than playing against Josh Allen. So, you now if Buffalo has you know the first seed to play for, that's different. But you know, we'll know a lot more by Tuesday what that game really looks like uh, in Buffalo next weekend. Matthias? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Patriots on this one too. And this is this is something we talked about earlier in the year about how difficult it is to to have a perfect season when you know when we're, we're talking about Philadelphia and and could they potentially pull it off? Because you know coaches and teams who who want to win the championship and that's their goal, they play things differently once they've already clinched or once they already have a clear path to the playoffs, and and that also makes it difficult. So um, I think right now the teams with experience on the sideline and um, out there on the field are are showing why they have that. All right, guys, uh, let's take a look at the NFC Philadelphia right now with the one seed. They're 13 and two. Uh, You know, they they take on um, who are they playing this week? Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, They're taking on the Saints. 
Uh, Minnesota sitting at two. They're 12 and three. The 49ers at three. They're 11 and four. You know, this this is really going to be interesting how this plays out because if the Eagles lose at one o'clock, so you got a Minnesota Vikings team taking on the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers trying to just to get in. But if the Eagles beat the Saints, then that number one seed is null and void. And really, the Minnesota Vikings really not playing for much. Um, so, and, and they very well could rest their players. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in Green Bay against the Packers. But nonetheless, um, I do believe the Eagles are going to win. And, um, and so I've got the Eagles with the number one seed in the, uh, in the NFC. Mike? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Look, Philly's had a really good offseason. And of all the moves they made, and they've made, you know, quite a few of them, guys, you can make an argument that the best move they made, if you had to pick one, was Gardner Minshew. And mm-hmm. he played good football. You know, like, that was a good game against Dallas a week ago. And the reason I bring that up is, you know, we've talked so much about, you know, the Jets and all these other teams now. Like, look at Tennessee going out there with probably Josh Dobbs. Gardner Minshew played good football. And – that, to me, may have been, of all the things, A.J. Brown and Hassan Reddick and everything else, like the fact that they could go out there with a guy that played really good against Dallas. And, you know, Anita, I agree with you. Like, they could go win a whole bunch of games with Gardner Minshew. So <laughs> let's give them credit. And, uh, no, I, it's it's really remarkable. I'm a huge Minshew like, fan. I, I, I love the dude. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. do. I, I mean, I'm listen, you. you know, he's he's – I, I just I, I love the dude. Um, I want to I want to bring this back and, to you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I just think and I, it brings up one other related point to it. Like you know, clearly you know, like you love him and they have confidence in him. And what that does, and Kiwi knows this from a player standpoint, it takes all the pressure off of Jalen Hurts. Like there's going to be no way they're going to rush him back because first of all, he's their future and he's their franchise and. You know, you're talking about the throwing shoulder, so you're going to be cautious anyway. But you really it gives you a tremendous luxury to sit there and say, like, "Hey, take all the time you need. We got a really good player, and this is your job when you get back." But there's no rush. Uh, really yeah. quick, because we only have a few minutes left in the segment, Kiwi. I want to bring this your way, and that's the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right now, they're sitting at the four seed. They're seven and eight. They're taking on the Carolina Panthers, that are six and nine. Carolina wins out. Carolina wins the division. I'm I'm rolling with Carolina. I think Carolina beats up on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks this week. What say you? No, I'm going with the Buccaneers. I, I think you just can't bet against that much experience and and playoff experience, especially in, on a, on a Tom Brady team. And and uh, as as much as it hurts me to say it, I think that he's got the upper hand, or they the Buccaneers have the upper hand in this one. Uh, looking at the Giants, they're sitting at the sixth seed. They're eight and six. Then behind them, Washington, Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay. They all have seven wins. Um, Mike, let's go back to you on this. Uh, who, who do you, who do you have finishing rounding out the NFC at, at six and seven? Uh, I, I really want to say Detroit, but I gotta go green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you gotta be a complete team this time of year. And I really don't like it when teams can't stop something that know that's company coming. And you go back to last week's game against Carolina guys. Like, gosh, if you're in Detroit, like, Go stop the run. Like, you want me in the playoffs? Go stop the run. Um, that was really disappointing. I, I got to go with the hot team. We talked about Jacksonville earlier, and I'm going with Green Bay uh, making the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, I've got the Giants and the Green Bay Packers as well. Kiwi? Yeah, I got Giants and, and Packers. I think the Giants, uh, the, the Colts just, they, they have 
nothing to offer, you know, right now where they are, the Giants should go in there and come out with the win. Um, and the Packers, same thing. It goes back to experience. Fantastic. Great stuff. Breaking down the AFC and the NFC. Um, this is about the time we say uh, hasta la vista to uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, he's got the bigger fish to fry up there in Bristol, Connecticut. But uh, but stay tuned. We will have his score and his predictions. His scores and his predictions coming your way as well uh, before, you of course, we the sign. the biggest fishes in my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> before we <laughs> sign off. Uh, Mike, happy New Year uh, to you and yours. Uh, in, in New Year's in Bristol. Oh, boy. I don't know if there's anything worse, but good luck. Good luck, my friend. All right. Thanks so much, guys. You too. It's been a lot of fun and looking forward to one more week uh, next week to wrap up the uh, regular season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Giants have an opportunity to clinch the playoffs. How about that? Clinch the playoffs with a win today against the Colts. Um, Ngakwe, by the way, again, we mentioned it earlier on in our first hour, uh, will be inactive. Uh, he's dealing with a throat issue, so uh, so he's going to be inactive. So the Colts coming in against the Giants without their number one player on offense, which is Jonathan Taylor, and so arguably uh, one of their top defensive players in Ngakwe. All right, um, by the way, this portion of the show brought to you by Sloman's low price heating oil, 24-hour service. Call 866-OIL-DEAL right now to see how much you can save this winter on heating oil with Sloman's. That's 866-OIL-DEAL. Also uh, brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. And Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure you grab a Tullamore Dew during tonight's action. Remember when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please enjoy responsibly. Um, and with all that being said, by the way, just to bring you up to speed on some of the news and notes out there, players, you need to be in the know about. Um, Chris Olave expected to play today for the Saints against the Eagles. Chase Claypool expected to play today for the Bears against the Lions. Uh, reports are Jaguars are not, I repeat, not resting their starters in Week 17. I don't quite understand it. Okay, Doug Peterson, maybe you've been burned before, but at least uh, are you going to play them all four quarters? Uh, reports are that he is. So there's that. Um, as we know, Gardner Minshew getting the start today for the Philadelphia Eagles, but the hope is that Hertz will be available in Week 18 if they so shall need him. Um, also, Packers hoping Christian Watson dealing with a hip can play today. Um, Trevor Lawrence dealing with a toe is expected to play today against Houston. 
and uh, Stevenson, a running back for the Patriots with an ankle, is expected to play today. Uh, I want to tee this up for you. Ian, Rapap- Ian Rappaport breaking a lot of news today. Earlier we told you that he's reporting that Jets GM Joe Douglas does not plan to shop Zach Wilson this season. Okay, that's on you. How about this? Ian Rappaport is also reporting that the Giants view Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley as a part of their future in 2023 and beyond. I'm going to read the little excerpt um, underneath it. Uh, Barkley rebounded with over 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns through week 15. Team has leaned on him all season long. Results have been there. Jones will be more... uh, He's generally been uh, a game-time manager this year, throwing for 13 touchdowns, averaging 202 passing yards per game. Um, and then, of course, you've got Slayton, Richie James. So hard to blame Jones for not posting video game numbers. Jones' fate could ultimately come down to how the team fares in the playoffs. If the New York makes uh, noise in the postseason, he will certainly be brought, be brought back on a multi-year deal and under or under the franchise tag. I don't know about you, Kiwi. I feel like regardless of how they do in the postseason, I think mm-hmm. Daniel Jones has shown enough. I've said this time and time again. Somebody just tweeted at me not too long ago, am I Daniel Jones's agent? No, I'm not his agent, <laughs> but I watch these games very closely. And to me, he's he's already proven his worth in gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you watch these games and, and you understand the history of the league and how difficult it is to come by you know, competent quarterbacking that is durable enough to stay mm-hmm. in and, and play the games. That also counts. And then you, know, you talk about character you know, guys, you know, Saquon and Daniel could seem to get up there every week and say the right things. And yet it doesn't come across as scripted and they have the faith of their, their teammates. You know, they've won over the locker room, mostly with their work ethic and, and their, um, the way that they play and handle their business. So um, it's just, it's difficult to replace guys like that. If you have a better option um, out there, you have a better plan. I can understand it. Let's look, I mean, I think Saquon has, you know, has shown his true potential. Uh, I think Daniel Jones still has a lot of growing to do. I'm not saying that he doesn't have areas of his game to improve, and I'm pretty sure once he signs a contract, the conversation will change back over to, okay, how do we, what does he need to do to get better? We're aware of that. But what we're saying is we're now looking at a locker room full of guys who have never been to the playoffs with this team who have an opportunity to do so. Those two guys who they leaned on the entire year, as you said, are still in there, still fighting, and are carrying this team. So um, when you look at it from a building standpoint, you don't want to go back into a rebuilding year when you have a chance like this. I hear you. 800-919-3776 is the phone number. Now is the time to get on board with you for another 10 minutes. Uh, we will come back. We'll take your calls, and we will give you our score predictions. Uh, 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 we'll circle back around with these two matchups for both the Giants and the Jets when we get back. It's New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. If you recall, I, I mean, and, and again, I know you were playing at the time, but do you know when Geno Smith was drafted, you know, he was expected to go in the first round, and so he was sitting in the green room. That's got to be the worst, right? Like, mm. Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, you're sitting in the green room, you're expected to go early, you don't, you fall, cameras are in your face, like, you're yelling at your agent, oh, I thought you I thought you told me this team was going to take me. Anyway, like, so he didn't go in the first round. He had to go out and buy, like, a sweater or something for day two. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like, he had, he, had, he had only packed, like, one outfit for the green room. And so yeah. he had to go out and, and, and buy a different outfit. I think he bought like some kind of sweater. That's, that's got to be hard, man, right? 
Yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. I mean, we hear about the, the positive stories, the top ones, but, you know, things like that, putting all your time and effort and work and all that goes into getting to the draft, being invited, and then it, it's definitely, that's 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 a big chip to have on your shoulder, um, you know, but, you know, seeing the way that he's recovered, seeing the way that he's responded with, you know, a change of situation, different coaching and everything, that, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a story. Uh, really quick, just a reminder, uh, we are off in about four minutes. Ty Butler picks up where we leave off, and then it takes you into your Jets pregame show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during tonight's action. Remember, when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please enjoy responsibly. Also by Slowman's, call 866-OIL-DEAL to see how much you can save this winter on home heating oil. And also by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a Pain-Free Life. Visit SamuelPain.com today. With that being said, we've got three minutes and 23 seconds left. Uh, Let's start with our picks for the Giants game. Let's listen in. This is Mike Tannenbaum with his score prediction and why. Yeah, Nina, it may be a new year, but we're going to see more of the same from Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I like uh, the Giants 28-13 over the Colts, and Giants get back to the postseason. Uh, I think we're going to see a, a lot of runs, a lot more of the same that's worked all season for them in a convincing win for the Giants. So that's Mike Tannenbaum's prediction. Um, I'm with you. I think the Giants roll. I think this is going to be a pretty ugly game. I've got I've got this at twenty eight thirteen. Like I, I I think it's a substantial win for the Giants. I think Thibodeau gets his Colts offensive line is bad. Saquon Barkley another st- stellar performance, and because Ngakwe is out, I think Daniel Jones has a good day as well. What say you? Yeah, it's unfortunate the state that the Colts are in. Remember, I'm an Indiana boy. I grew up. 51st and Kessler, maybe a stone's throw from the Colts facility. Um, and I went to school, played with Matt Ryan, so it, it's tough watching them. But I don't think there's any, there's going to be any problem uh, with the Giants. I'm 27 to 10. The Giants are ascending and the Colts are on the way down. The Jeff Saturday experiment did not go well. It's time for them to get ready for next year. Yeah, so you and I are, are in the same neighborhood. Um, Jets on the left coast taking on Seattle. Let's listen in. This is Mike Tannenbaum's score and prediction. You know, I got to go with Seattle on this one. I need a 21-20. You know, Geo Smith started off as a surprise. He kind of plateaued the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think he plays well. Human nature takes over against his old team. Uh, Mike White, I expect to play well coming off of the rib injury. But uh, at home, while Seattle has not played good on defense, typically they do play better at home in a tough, hard-fought game. I go Seattle winning by one. Um. I'm I'm with um I'm no I'm not with Mike Tannenbaum. I think the Jets pull this out. I'm looking at 24-20. I think Mike White interjects new life and excitement across the board, offensively and defensively. Also, get this. The Seattle Seahawks have only put up 3 points. They averaged 3 points against top 10 defenses in the NFL. So the fact that I'm even giving them 20 says a lot. Um I think the Jets roll here. We've got about a minute left in the show. What say you? Yeah, that's a significant stat. I have, I have the Jets also, 27-24. I just think that um, the, the Mike White influx of energy is, is going to carry them. The defense has been playing well and will continue to maintain. I don't think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think it's going to be a down-to-the-wire game, but I still think it'll be close, 27-24 Jets. 
So, uh, all right. So you and I are on the Jets. Mike believes that Seattle's going to win. Uh, all three of us are on the Giants going up against the Colts, which very well could be somewhat of a bloodbath. New York game day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.